0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 387. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 48. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Not quite in full voice today, so this might be a little shorter episode. Psalm 48 is again a psalm of praise and again one of the songs of the sons of Korah. And it starts like this. Great is the Lord, the most worthy of praise, in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth. Like the heights of Zaphron is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. God is in her citadels; he has shown himself to be her fortress. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together they saw her and were astounded they fled in terror trembling seized them there pain like that of a woman in labor you destroyed them like the ships of tarshish scattered by an east wind so the writers of the psalm are remembering the protection of god and specifically the protection of god of the city of david of this, of mount zion of jerusalem the city of our god and his holy mountain I'm not sure exactly which particular attack on Jerusalem they are remembering or what the event is that caused the creation of this psalm. I certainly thought of the time during the reign of Hezekiah when the people are surrounded by the Assyrians and they're quite sure they're going to be destroyed, or at least the Assyrians are quite sure they're going to be destroyed, and yet the city is delivered by God, not by the strength of its armies, but by the angel of the Lord. And if you're not familiar with that, that's coming from Second Chronicles 32, when Sennacherib threatens Jerusalem. And let me read some of that, because we have some time today. After all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer them for himself. And skipping down a bit, later when Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and his forces were laying siege... To Lakesh he sent his officers to Jerusalem with a message for Hezekiah, the king of Judah, and for all the people of Judah. This is what Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, says, On what are you basing your confidence? Will you remain in Jerusalem under siege? When Hezekiah says, The Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he is misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst did not Hezekiah himself remove this god's high places and altars, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before one altar and burn sacrifices on it? And what the Assyrians were misunderstanding is, Hezekiah is one of the few kings who was one of the good kings in Judah, and he was a reformer. And so he had, in fact, had removed the high places, but they were the high places where they were worshiping other gods. Sennacherib's officers go on to say that did any of the other gods of any of the other cities that they have conquered, any of the lands that they've conquered protect them? And why would Hezekiah be any different? Well, the answer for that obviously is because Hezekiah is worshiping the one true God. Hezekiah is not worshiping a piece of stone. He is not worshiping a piece of wood. And that's in fact why he had taken down the altars. And this all comes to an end here in verse 21 of the account from Chronicles. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders and the officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. So he withdrew to his own land in disgrace and went into the temple of his God. Some of his sons, his own flesh and blood, cut him down with the sword. Archaeologists have actually discovered the Syrian version of that account, which talks about how Sennacherib conquered this, conquered that, and then shut up the people of Judah in their cities. Doesn't say why he doesn't conquer them. Probably putting a good spin on it there shortly before his death. But again, getting back to Psalm 48, it's situations like that that the sons of Korah are probably remembering when they talk about God and they talk about the kings who have joined forces and advanced against the city and they were astounded and fled with terror. That God is protecting his people. Destroy them like ships of Tarshish scattered by an east wind. This is definitely one of those psalms that remembers the strength and power of God and also the protection of God. There are certainly times when we desire and need that sort of protection, and it is comforting to see psalms like this, and that is certainly one of the reasons why they wrote it. It was probably written for a time when they were feeling the need again of the protection of God, or at least when it was useful for them to remember those stories. Continuing on from verse eight, As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God. God makes her secure for ever. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. The villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. And so the appropriate response to what God has done here is praise. And we meditate on your unfailing love. The psalmist pictures the people of God as they're just sitting there thinking about and being stunned by probably the love and protection of God. And that's perhaps a good thing for us to stop here at the beginning of a new year to think about is all the things that God has done all the places where God has been revealed to us in our lives, probably in little ways, not necessarily in ways like the angel of the Lord destroying an invading army, but maybe you have had big experiences like that as well. But this is a good time to pause and to meditate on the unfailing love of God. Walk about Zion, go around her, count her towers, consider well her ramparts, view her citadels, that you may tell them to the next generation, for this God is our God for ever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. Unfortunately, if you walked around Jerusalem now, you wouldn't see the same ramparts that the sons of Korah did, because they weren't faithful. All the kings were not like Hezekiah. They did rebuild the idols and the high places and start worshiping other gods again. And so eventually, Jerusalem was humbled. I'm currently reading through Ezekiel. If you're looking for a very cheery book in the Bible, do not read Ezekiel. Ezekiel is talking a lot about the coming of the judgment of God, both against Jerusalem and Judah, and then also it goes into all of the neighboring countries and that God is going to judge them as well. It is not a happy and upbeat book, but it does recall the strength and power of God, but also the justice and righteousness of God. And that is something that we should also remember. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you are in need of the protection of God this week, put your trust in the God of Hezekiah. Put your trust in a God who loves and protects his people. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2X. And as always, thanks so much for listening. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker, John Driver, for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.